some pigskin fun. I see a Super Bowl season here on ABC. The biggest game each week is their specialty. I gotta get ready, make everything right. Monday night football's coming on tonight. This week, we kick another San Diego team to the curb, bring Marco the Bison back to life, and fly like an eagle. He's a fat guy that can spike, and I'm a fat guy that can dance, and we are two real reviewers. So if we ever played on a, a podcast football team, what position would you play? Wide receiver. Oh, okay. All right. You 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 forget. I would put you down as a tight end because you're tall. I just you forget your you forget your own (laughs) wedding photos. Oh, that's right. I (laughs) I was I was I was a wide receiver. We were so goofy in those photos. We did we did the football one and we did uh, Secret Service. Uh, Oh, that's right. I forgot about the Secret Service part. You know, with Angela being all into weddings and stuff, I'm surprised she hasn't made us redo ours. Because we did 40, some really stupid things at my yeah, wedding. 20, Twenty-five years later, you know how yeah. we how we look uh, going for a long pass. Um, so this this week we had a we had a great week of watching football movies, but you and I both had a really hard time watching them because we were too busy watching real football, both college and and professional. And um, the news keeps coming about football, football, football. I I could not. I mean, my wife hasn't seen me in like two weeks because I'm in I'm in front of my TV watching football nonstop. I'm watching games I truly don't even care about just because I want to watch football. I have been able in the last two Sundays to to sit in my recliner from 10 a.m. in the morning on Sunday until about 8:30 at night with you know a couple of breaks here and there mm-hmm. uh and watch back to back to back games well i just put on a a, a brand new pair of depends right at about nine thirty. <laughs> change out before the one o'clock game <laughs> switch over at the five o'clock game <laughs> now these aren't uh these aren't depends that are are logo friendly are they oh, yes. you have a, oh you, yeah you have a big dallas star on the rear end of your depends well, yeah. Well, I have Anthony Lynn's face on my ass of my defense. <laughs> Show me your lightning bolt. Oh gosh. Um, to me, football, especially being here in September right now, uh, is is like Christmas for me. I mean, it's just it brings out the season. And speaking of Christmas in September, I'm going to wish uh, today, being the 25th of September, I'm going to wish Happy two of our top, yeah, two of our top fans, to uh, Nicole Monte, or excuse me, Nicole Crawford and Patricia Montagano, both uh, the twins, um, top fans of ours, winners of numerous awards on our show, and uh, exciting to to have them celebrate another year of their birthday. Happy birthday, girls! And one last celebration uh, to my four-year-old grandson, Jackson. He turned four today, so. Jackson is four already. Can you believe that? Yeah. yeah. Holy moly. And you know, you know, I have three now on that. Yes. A great, well, great. Yes. So I have yes. three grandsons and a granddaughter. So it's, uh, it's uh, moving right along, but um, no wonder you have depends. So, so, <laughs> um, so uh, we're heading off into, are you ready for some football? 
we picked three movies that uh, out of a big category, a catalog. Oh, I didn't realize of, how of many flicks, there were. There, there are, uh, we could have probably done a month yes. on football yeah. movies. Uh, but Monty picked one, I picked one, and our real fans picked one as well. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to take a look at the replacements, which was Monty's movie selection for the week. I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But that just wouldn't be our style. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory lasts forever. Uh, yes, um, replacements. I, I don't know. Um, I enjoyed this movie. I've seen it. Uh, you remember my dog. If, what was my dog's name? My little black one. Which? Falco. Oh, Falco. Yeah. Falco. Who, oh, Falco. Who un unfortunately <laughs> disappeared. Um, it is a fictional pro team um, that finds themselves hit with the player strike uh, with the season still needing to be finished. The Washington senators owner, Edward O'Neill calls former coach of his uh, Jimmy McGinty um, telling McGinty that he and the rest of the teams are going to finish the final four games of the season with replacement players. Now we've, this was a 2000 American sports comedy film directed by Howard Deutsch. It stars the one and only amazing actor, Keanu Reeves, uh, Gene Hackman, Brooke Langton. Oh, wait, wait, I'm John sorry Favreau. to interrupt you. Yeah. You're, you're rolling out Keanu Reeves as, as the one and only. And Gene what? Hackman, Gene Hackman is second banana. Keanu Popeye Doyle is second banana? Oh, come on. Come on. Keanu Reeves is that guy rides the bus in the subway still. You got to love that guy. You sure. Love him. And all, sure. It, all his John Wick movies. Come on. Come on. Those. All right. And don't forget, we got Jack Warden um, in, in what would be his actual uh, final film. So in 2000, they have this, and, and, and uh, Keanu Reeves is playing Shane Falco. Uh, which you guys just heard me a few minutes ago. I named my dog after him. Uh, is a former All-American from Ohio State who career went into pieces after a horrendous Sugar Bowl game and now lives on a houseboat near the Centennial Stadium. Falco initially refuses. McGinty, McGinty convinces him uh, and believing that Falco can still be the player he meant to be. He goes out, they play, they have all these uh, run-ins with with being called the scab um, Orlando Jones is in this as well um, and, and they go back and forth with the the overpriced or overpaid players are getting upset with them for being scabs which we've actually got to see this in real life when we saw the NFL go on strike a while back uh, and baseball a while back so it was kind of playing off that a little bit the movie is a fun movie to watch I enjoyed it I, I thought that as far as a person playing a position like quarterback in a movie, you gotta, ha you gotta be athletic. And I thought Keanu Reeves played that very well as Shane Falco. I do believe that some of his other castmates on the football team were not, didn't fit the football type. Even if you are a scab or a replacement player, they didn't fit the role for me very well. So um, like, you know, uh, Ace, Ace, Yonami, not Yonamine, excuse me, who played Fumiko. Uh, he didn't, he's not coming. Uh, you know, there was a couple stretches here, but I guess that it's like he said, it's a sports comedy. It was never meant to be a serious film. Um, but 
it did show a lot what we think sometimes in football where we see some of these very arrogant overpriced players and such as Eddie Martel played by Brett Cullen. Um, but I will say there's one other guy in here that I'm a big fan of. Uh, Faison Love got to meet him in person. He played Jamal. Uh, so there was, it, there was some fun things about the movie. I enjoy it. I own it. I'm not going to lie. I own it on DVD. I've watched it probably a dozen times or more. Um, but I think that there was spots in here that they could have done something differently. I think they tried to make too much of a serious parts in this and too much of the romance. And if they would have just stuck with comedy, um, this movie could have probably been ranked a little bit higher. I know why you picked this movie to watch. Why is that? And, and why you own it. Why? Because you are a big fan of Coach McGinty's hat collection. Oh, I got those. I, heck yeah. You have a whole closet full of those. He's, he's, okay, so is he? Was he? Did he? How do you feel Gene Hackman portrayed a football coach? I mean, we all know him as Hoosiers basketball coach, and do you think he played this role too seriously? I don't think he played it too seriously. I think he took. I think the coach took the role seriously, mm -hmm. uh, and I think he was he was um, charged with uh, making sure that the team did as best they could, mm -hmm. um, because the owner was was riding him pretty uh, pretty much about it. Um, but you make a good point in comparing his head football coaching abilities to his head basketball coaching abilities, because in Hoosiers, I mean. It's a fantastic movie. That's oh, one of the greatest ones. And around. this is this is this is not really in the same discussion. It really shouldn't be, mm -hmm. because I kept I kept looking at this flick, going, "Is this supposed to be major league only in football?" Right. They, they right? Kind of, that kind of played it the same way. They had they had a you know an owner and a coach situation. They had a the love interest story. They had the fun on the field, but then they had the troubles off the field. I mean, they, it was almost, like you said, uh, you know, major league and uh, football version of major league. I, I thought, you know, I kept saying, I kept thinking the island of misfit football players, right? <laughs> and there's some, there's some good characters. The, the, uh, the leg was probably my, my favorite character, you know, Nigel Gruff, played by Reese Ifans. Um, seeing him smoking continuously throughout the entire movie, whether he was on the sidelines or getting ready for a big kick, that cracked me up. Um, I'm, I wasn't a big fan of him. I'm not a big fan of him, and I wasn't a big fan in there. I, that part, those are the parts that I think kind of were more over the top. You know, I mean, like I said, we, you and I aren't always going to agree, and this is one of them right here. Um, but I, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of this uh, of Ryan, and you know, his character in this movie was kind of ugh, in my mind. How about uh, how about uh, John uh, John Favreau as uh, Danny Bateman? <laughs> Bateman, the, what was he? What was he supposed to be? A uh, uh, like a SWAT team guy or whatever like that before right. when they he was on the SWAT yeah, team guy. There's the, the, I like, I actually like John Favreau, but I will recommend that he stays behind the camera and not in front of it. Yeah. 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 Stick, stick to the, <laughs> stick to the Iron Man movies. And, uh, and, and Clifford Franklin played by uh, Orlando Jones. Um, when they put the, the gooey stuff on his hands and he references, I think, man, he goes, this can't be legal. It looks like I jacked <laughs> off an elephant. 
<laughs> one of the famous quotes in that movie. So, um, did you see yeah. the did you see the irony in uh, Falco's jersey number? No, twelve. No, wore, wore number sixteen. Oh, jeez. <laughs> for those, of, for those of you who may not know us, uh, we've had a, a long suffering uh, allegiance to the San Diego Chargers and lived through the Ryan Leaf years, who wore number sixteen. And and thank you for saying San Diego Chargers and not the other word. I will always say the San Diego Chargers. Um, favorite part of the movie? What was yours? Uh, that kick. That the really? kick by the leg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, come on, mine was the cheerleader tryouts. I thought they were <laughs> hilarious. I, just some of the songs they sang, and you know, um, you I, know, Brooke, I, I was hilarious. Brooke, Brooke Langton, who played Annabelle, she's an alumni of San Diego State University. She's an Aztec. You know, I, I like I like her as an actress. I've seen her in other stuff, such as um, The Last Ship and a few other TV shows that she's done. I wasn't fond of her in this movie. I don't know why. I, I just, I don't know what it didn't, I don't, maybe I don't feel that her and Keanu Reeves really meshed. Not like him and uh, what was her name in Point ding, Break? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> What's oh, <laughs> your uh, oh, Lori Petty, Lori, Lori <laughs> Petty. Uh, no, um, but I mean, like I said, I like her and other stuff. I didn't think it. The one good thing I like about this movie too is, and it was on their last, pretty much, last legs of their NFL sports casting career, was uh, right. John Madden, Pat Summerall. Yeah, I love that listening was to them in there. You know, the, the two takeaways from this movie were, you know, Summerall and Madden, I agree with you there. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this was one of Gene Hackman's last movies. Right. Wasn't his last one like Jack Warden's, but it was one of his last. And I thought, eh, man, you're, you're wrapping up your career with this one. Mm -hmm. eh, I'm not so sure about that. I almost would rather, you know, see him put a dress back on like he did in, um, uh, what's that Robin Williams movie? Uh, where he's the senator and Diane Veist is his wife. And oh, I have to look it up. Moose Park. I'm looking uh, to Moose Park. No, no, no. It's um, oh, Robin Williams is in it. Uh, it's gonna bother. Oh, me the uh, the birdcage. Birdcage. Thank you very senator, much, Senator yeah. Keeley. Yes, yeah. yes. I love the bird. I love that movie. You know, I Gene Hackman had a great run there for a while. I mean, going from Get Shorty to Crimson Tide, The Quick and the Dead, Wyatt Earp. I mean, you can go on and on and on. The Firm, uh, Unforgiven. Mm. But he kind of did fade out a little bit. I mean, you know, Enemy of the State and then Replacements. He did have a few other ones. He well, actually, Gene Hackman's real last movie was uh, Welcome to Mooseport. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. but he his career. I mean, obviously, he retired and and all that. But a hell of an actor. Worldly. Yeah, I and I, I think too. He'll always re, in my mind. He'll always be remembered for either Crimson Tide or Hoosiers. Those two movies were phenomenal. Popeye Doyle, buddy. Popeye <laughs> Doyle. So what'd you, what'd you rank replacements? <laughs> I gave this two and a half red vines. There was no Harry Doyle, but, you know, Summerall and Madden made it plenty of fun as, you know, a, a kind of a ripoff of, and that's, I shouldn't say it that way because it's not a bad thing necessarily, but it was kind of the major league of football and it, it was fun and it had, had some yucks and, 
I, 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 I enjoyed watching it. I can see where you own it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, it's, it's one of those you pull out and, and, and watch and laugh and, well, I think it, it had, honestly, football-wise, on the field, their action plays were pretty good. You know, I mean, you know, the touchdown throw was a legitimate route. Uh, the running plays, it was a couple one-cut scene where the guy breaks away and he's running and it looked kind of fake. It looked like he was running on a treadmill and the camera was in his face and then he blew his knee out and all that. But everything else played very, very well. I thought Keanu Reeves, for a, being a left-handed quarterback, did well i thought he he looked yeah. like he could play the position and that's what i like to see in a movie um and we'll talk a little bit about that with these other two other two films as well but i can only give this movie a two and that's one for gene hackman and one for for keanu reeves um i couldn't give it anything else even though i like this movie i like it when i want to watch a sports comedy the same way i put on major league the same way i put on bull durham those types of caddyshack caddyshack yeah so those are that's it and 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 honestly when it came out is when i got my dog and and i named him falco after this movie because i watched it like three or four times um i will i will share with something and it's never been put anywhere but it has to be the scene where they were in jail yeah and they break out the line dancing oh yeah (laughs) did you notice that keanu's reeves hat was over his face they did not show his face. And I've watched this scene after scene after scene. I don't think it was him dancing. I don't think he could do the line dancing. Now, you're talking about all the stunt acting and stuff. Because then they cut to him and he yells, Stella, like stupidly out of nowhere. But in that scene, the whole dancing scene, from every angle, his camera is down and his face is down. He has never once shown his face while he's dancing. So it's my belief he didn't dance in that scene. You're right. It has to be, has to be somebody else. Yep. Yep. And it, it makes me wonder, like, you do all these acting and, and stunt work, like in Speed and, and John Wick, and you couldn't line dance. <laughs> you can't you can't dance. So anyway, so uh, for me, fun movie to watch. I'll watch it again, as always, uh, if it's on. Um, didn't need to be over dramatic in ways, but a, a good solid two for me. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll go in a little bit later on and explain why it's a two compared to the other two that we're talking to talk about. No, sir. I ain't got nothing to say. But they do. Speaking of comparing to, and certainly not a movie that I'd consider fun, we also watched the 2006 movie We Are Marshall, directed by McGee. Now, I I had never heard of McGee before, and and I wondered, well, what sort of of ego does this guy have that he refers to himself as McGee? But apparently McGee uh, later went on to direct the Charlie's Angels franchise. 
Well, wait a minute. This guy's claim to fame. His his name is McGinty. Didn't we just talk about a guy named McGinty? Mm. Yeah, we did. Yeah, isn't that weird? That's a tie-in together. I didn't see it. Are you suggesting that that should have been my segue? I don't know. I just noticed it when I went to his name. (laughs) Or is this connect the dots, right? (laughs) We're going to find out that... So the screen, the screenplay was written by Jamie Linden, who uh, shacks up with your friend Rachel McAdams in real life, by the way. What? Just, just, so, just so you know. Wow. Uh, the movie stars Matthew McConaughey as coach Jack Linglell, the head football coach hired by Marshall University mm-hmm. after the devastating plane crash uh, that took the lives of the previous head coach his staff, and 30-plus players. This happened in real life. This is a true story. Against the objections of most of the community, uh, the school president for Marshall, Donald Dedman, who was played by David Strathern. And when you see David Strathern in this movie, doesn't it remind you that David Strathern has played these bit roles in all sorts of flicks? Yes. Yeah, he seems to be very, very visible. He's the original John C. McGinley. <laughs> but he's been in everything. Good night, good luck, Lincoln, Godzilla, LA Confidential. He's he's yeah, got he's, he's got, got a got list. this resume that's long. But it's never been anything where he's been the headline, you know. Right. So, right. He was President up, President sorry. President Deadman reinstates the football program. Uh, after the disaster, even though there are only three players who were, who remained, those are the ones that weren't on the plane, hadn't made the trip. But those players, those three players, successfully demonstrate their wish that football be played in honor of their former teammates. So President Dedman goes through a, actually a two-page list of coaching candidates trying to, to recruit someone to take over is unsuccessful, but only ends up finding a head coach after Ling Lell calls President Dedman and lobbies for the job. The guy gets the job because he asks for it, not because he was recruited by the college. No one wanted to touch that job. And in a very, very unfortunate comparison, I immediately thought of what it was like for Bill O'Brien to take over um, at Penn State after the Joe Paterno uh, yeah, no. tra- tragedy, if you want to call yep. it that. Yep. So also on uh, Ling Yale's staff is Red Dawson, who's played by William Fox. Uh, Red carries a lifetime of guilt with him because he was supposed to be on the plane, but he offered to switch places with another coach who needed to get home faster. Mm-hmm. So this guy is has got tears in his eyes virtually all the time because he was supposed to be on that plane. Ian McShane is in the role of Paul Griffin, whose son was the star quarterback for the team. Paul develops a bond with his son's girlfriend, but is adamant that the team remains in the past. He is essentially the the leader of the pack, vroom vroom, Mm -hmm. that doesn't want football brought back because it's just too painful to think about. You think about it, you bury your son, and he ends up burying his wife shortly thereafter too, and everybody's trying to get all rah-rah about bringing football back. So mm. Paul Griffin is, is, wants to make sure that, that the team does not, the program does not come back. 
Coach convinces the school president to lobby the NCAA to waive a rule about freshman players not being able to be on a varsity team so that he can recruit, so he can get players. Mm -hmm. And after a number of college tries, pardon the pun, Marshall is given this waiver and they're allowed to put freshmen on the, on the varsity team. The replacements like team ends up having more disappointments than successes as they play together, but manage to come away with a win in their home opener. Throughout the course of the movie, there are constant reminders of the sorrow that the college and this small community in West Virginia had to endure because of this tragedy. As I said, this was based on real events in 1970. Marshall is a salute to the courageous individuals who didn't let the victims or their memories perish along with that plane wreckage. Some, some issues that I had with the acting in this movie, mm-hmm. I didn't think that Ian McShane was in the right chair as Paul Griffin. And I never thought that a guy running a steel mill was powerful enough to get the university president fired. I had the same, I had the same thought process and, and Angela told me she believes that, that back there, back, you know, it's it, it, uh, small towns like that, that it's a board that everyone sits on, which is usually run by um, like a booster type club. And it's the booster club that really got them fired in a sense. That's what they were using. Did you know that Ian McShane's role as Paul Griffin was actually a composite of people that what there was actually really no person in real life named Paul Griffin that played, that was part of the whole We Are Marshall saga. And there was no Annie either. Correct. Kate Mara was a composite of loved yeah. ones left behind during this this whole process and and that's kind of where i i kind of like sometimes how they do that but not in the fact that it played such a dominant role uh, you know like you said getting the president deadman fired and was he really fired or what happened because he's at the end of the movie in the stands he's in the stands at the end of the movie <laughs> and they you know they he, you see him pack in his office, mm-hmm. you know, a few minutes beforehand. Right. Um, and it's not really told. Um, right. and, and those two characters having uh, the screen time that they did, it certainly makes for a better story. What did now, you, the what movies, did you think cri- of, the, yeah. the movies criticized um, in some, in some ways by, by certain people because they don't think those characters should have been added in. Right. I, I think that when this movie came out, the you know composite characters weren't a big thing. You know they are now. You see them a lot now. Like I just recently watched Patriots Day with uh, Mark Wahlberg for the third time, and that he's not a real person. He's actually a composite character of all the the Boston police officers that were heading up and helping with with that whole situation. So I see them a little bit in today's movies that we talk about, especially when we were doing um, biographies um, or or biopics, excuse me. Um, I don't think it was as prevalent back in the beginning of 2000 when these were going on. I mean, you got to remember this movie's 14 years old. Um, So maybe that's why people gave it, but I don't, 
I, I, you're right. I don't think they should have been. They could be in there. I don't think they should have played a prominent role. The, uh, yeah. Like I said, getting being the love interest, and you should go and 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 you know get out of here and go to California. And they actually show her going to California, and Ian right. McShane and getting people fired and acting like he's a hard ass up and down the road. And and you know I didn't I didn't like that. Um, there was a few things other- about this. Well, the the other thing that I had um, was Matthew McConaughey's portrayal of the coach. Now, maybe the coach was like this in real life. And unfortunately, our audience is hearing this, but Monty's going to see me do this hand gesture that the coach does. And he's got this kind of sideways way of talking, you know, out of his mouth. I kept looking at Matthew McConaughey going, are you fire marshal bill or are you this, this head, this head coach? I I thought he overacted very much. You're right. I I mean, not knowing Jack and how he is in real life. I just, I don't think he was to could have been of that extreme of a personality. And did we we need to know that? Yeah. No, I don't know that we really needed to know that. Was he trying to bring light to a very serious film? Um, and there's and there's a ton of connect your dots here. Uh, did you know? Since we're talking about we are Marshall, and we just got done talking about um, the replacements. The replacements. Ian McShane and, and uh, Keanu Reeves have starred in a few films together, and we named those films. Really? Yeah, he was in he was in John Wick. He's the uh, main guy, one of the main guys in John Wick. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and then there's another connection of our boy uh, David straight hair straight hair um <laughs> he uh he was in darkest hour right as the voice of the president see that guy is all over right? the place yeah he's got that recognizable face so i mean you had a great cast of characters kate mar has been around she's done some good things she's still up and coming as well ian mcshane has done a lot of things uh david we know is like we said the original john c mcginley we got anthony mckay who's gone on to uh to to be in an avenger now um matthew fox who's you know more television than anything and then you got you know, the Oscar winning Matthew McConaughey, but I just feel, feel like this film straight away from the, from the truth so far that it, it had a hard time bringing it back. And cause you know, the whole scene about getting him driving to the NCAA and being in the rain and all that never happened. Right. Um, the, the finding of the Marshall playbook and the air air that never happened. You know, if they and, 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 and they were referencing, well, they found a wallet and they found the name. Okay, then find the wallet. How hard is that? Why are you Why are you going so far away? And I do believe too, this takes away from something else. You got to remember, in 1970, the same year these guys crashed, so did the Wichita State football team. Marshall just lost more players, obviously. You know, we know that. And I didn't like the scene where Matthew McConaughey, which they try to say is the most motivational part of this movie, is when he takes him down to the unmarked graves, which is true. There are six unmarked graves because their bodies were burned upon, you know, that they can't identify him. Well, let me ask you this question. You have a flight manifest. You have a list of players. 
how do you you account for everybody but all of a sudden you can't account for six something's not adding up there for me there's my conspiracy theory right there um <laughs> because i still don't get that i just don't get it in real life this is real but anyways they go to the, the cemetery and what he said at the end was funerals end now and it was almost like stop freaking thinking about this let's go play football and I, I don't think you could ever really say that to anybody at marshall and last but not least on my negativity list for We Are Marshall is the actual chant, and I will have it in this podcast in the audio, We Are Marshall did not come out back then. It actually came out way later. So right. that's a little bit disappointing um, because I felt, they, like I said, I get you want to make it entertainment, but there, if you just would have stuck to the truth for an hour and 35, 40 minutes, you wouldn't have had to, to pull and come back so far and it, they just couldn't get it back in line for me and, and they didn't they didn't do enough at the end as far as i'm concerned mm -hmm. about talking about the real jack Linglow, right right and 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 red red dawson who i i thought was one of the most memorable characters in the film the other the other character in the film that i i have to mention is the role of uh, Bobby Bowden, who's one of the most revered college football coaches everywhere mm -hmm. and has a reputation for being, you know, kind of a dick. Mm -hmm. uh, but if history is true in this movie, the way that he handed over his, his, his trade secrets, right. Oh yeah. For the Marshall head coaches um, was a, a pretty gentlemanly thing to do. Right. Um, and, and I, I like that part of it as well. And, and I understand, I understand the concern about having untruths or stretching the truth and, and misrepresenting what really occurred. Right. It, it made for a better story, which is yeah. what movie making is all about, but you're taking it based on actual events right. that happen. And, and does that disrespect anybody that may have perished? you know, in that, in that, and I, I suppose that that could be the case. Well, and again, we talk about links in movies a lot because it does weigh on you when you're sitting there and we're doing reviews and we're talking this, this movie was two hours and 11 minutes. They didn't need to stretch the truth that much. If, like I said, if they would have gone back and did an hour and 45 and took out some of the bullshit they had and stuck with it and maybe focused in more on the reds and, and, and Jack's and, and the true characters that were in this movie that, live that life um then then i think it would have been better and if it was the if you couldn't have done it and that's because these guys didn't want to talk about it yet then wait i you wait you didn't have to rush the movie out i don't know what the philosophy was on it to stray so far away from the truth and very disappointing uh with that what i am more disappointed is is in 2007 the sb award for best sports movie um, was up between our next movie that we're going to do, which is Invincible, and We Are Marshall, Pride, and Talladega Nights. Who do you think won for the Talladega Nights? Can you believe that crap? No, I mean that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean there's there's so much more that that. But again, We Are Marshall could have done a lot more do, too, and and I feel bad. So for me, um, I don't know. I, I I have my popcorns ready. What uh, what red vines you throwing out there on your movie? I gave this three red vines. Uh, I, I, I liked, well, 
<clears throat> you're not going to appreciate me saying this, but the music was really somber during some of the more, you know, heartwarming scenes, mm-hmm. especially the scene where the plane wreckage is, is uh, being, you know, is, is, is a flame. Um, the, the story itself, I thought, was um, well told. If you, if you put those exceptions out there, and I know it's difficult to do, those exceptions about the enhancements. Right. And my my third vine goes to the combination of um, David Sprathern as the the university president and um, the the Red Dawson character. I thought those were the two best characters um, in the right. movie. Um, and everybody made kind of a big to do about the the Nate Ruffin character and 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 how it was acted. I thought that was pretty well acted, but for someone that supposedly was at the heart of keeping the program intact, they didn't display it very well in the movie. So it got three red vines for me. Um, I'm, I'm actually have two and a half popcorns. Uh, very, very plain for me. Um, again, if, if I'm watching a movie and I have to go and do my due diligence and read to see if this is true, uh, if you're making a movie based on a subject that has, you know, really happened in real life, you need to stick closer to the, the the truth, and I it's just like fake news to me. I, I cannot I cannot stand it. So for that, I gave it two and a half. I gave uh, I gave like you said. I thought Nate, Nate Ruffin needed more uh, in there. Um, so I, I gave Red and Nate a point a, a, a popcorn each, and uh, I only gave half a popcorn for our boy Matthew. Um, and uh, and again, I think when a award shows came out that uh, this is plain and simple of why this movie was never nominated for anything being that it was this big, you know, drama, drama movie. Um, it, it didn't get recognized at all. And, and it, it shows, it shows why it didn't. We need to find the soul of this team again, the soul that drove great Eagle players, players like Norm Van Brocklin, Tommy McDonald, Steve Van Buren, they weren't just out here playing for themselves, they played for a city. People of Philadelphia have suffered. You are what they turn to in times like these. Well, so, we'll move on to another 2006 football movie. Mm-hmm. Well, was that the year for, for football movies, I guess? And the story uh, made a real men- <laughs> You made mention. You made mention a few minutes ago that you watched a, a Mark Wahlberg movie. I want to make sure you watched the correct one. Or were you having a Mark Wahlberg uh, viewing party? Actually, I I like Mark Wahlberg as an actor now. Probably not as much as I did when he was doing movies like The Shooter, because um, I think he was still a little more street back then, trying to be more than what he is. But when he sticks to playing movies like he does in daddy's home and he did uh, invincible he did good here um his his uh, um i like him as an actor uh but one of my favorite actors uh actor and actresses is in this movie and that's elizabeth banks and, and greg kinnear i mean so uh, i was excited to watch this film again it's another movie that stretches away from the truth but uh but i can see why they did it here I can understand why they did it here. So I thought this one was a little closer to reality, mm-hmm. you know, with, with a, 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 a few exceptions. Right. Right. The, the, the I found an interesting link that um, Erickson Cole did the directing on this movie 
and uh, he did the Point Break remake. He mm -hmm. was responsible for directing that um, cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> Um, for, for me, you know, I just want to be able to wear the same coaches shorts that those guys wore back in the seventies. Um, I don't I get thought to do you that. already did. <laughs> no, they don't allow me. Um, the thing that I think bothered me in this whole movie that in, in reality is there was no, there was tryouts. Yes, but he was invited. It's not like Vince Papali walked off of a, street bus or out of his broken down vehicle and he went into this and shown up you know 300 other guys that were trying out that's not what it was um he played in a a and i didn't know this but he actually played in a pro league um that was kind of like our xfl at the time right um and that's where you know dick Vermeil crying crying dick Vermeil, uh mr crocodile tears he saw vince and loved his speed um and he, and he invited him for a workout. And, and so when he came out, he made the team his best team. And he had, what, three or four good years. And maybe was captain and did some great things. And, um, but the one and only steals it all. And that's my, that's my girl, Elizabeth Banks. Steals it all? Oh, she's so beautiful. Now, here's, she's here's a hell of an actress. Oh, an actress. Talented lady. Here's what steals it all, okay? This movie is very Philadelphia. Oh, very Philadelphia. The first time they showed Vince going back home, um, I thought I was seeing Rocky Balboa's neighborhood. Mm -hmm. You know, the way they have those houses, you know, set up, right? They make, you know, the accents that everybody had. Very, very Philadelphia accent. They reference, you know, cheesesteaks. They reference the booing of Santa Claus, right? For, 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 and, and the one detail, the fine detail for me about what they included in this movie is in the bar, you see that their tap beer is Yingling. Are you familiar <laughs> with the Yingling beer? I, I've heard of it okay, so and know of it just because of uh, my, my buddy Brandon Jones, who's from Philly. Yingling is the oldest American brewery around, and you can't get it out here. I've got a buddy of mine, uh, my friend Manny Gomez, who's also a Philly native. Um, he will smuggle it back here on trips on occasion. Um, but the fact that they included that, just that detail, mm -hmm. I, I, I really respected the fact that you felt like you were in Philadelphia. Right. Now, I, I have, I have a love hate with Marky Mark and, and, and I don't quite know what to make of his entire body of work. You know, th this is a Disney film. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think you, you can, you can expect a, a certain story and you're going to feel really good about it and everything's going to work out great, even though there may be tragedy or bad things that happen in the middle of the storyline think any Disney movie and that's what you're going to get. That's the case here. But, he, you know, Mark does this movie when he's a diehard Boston fan, right? Mm -hmm. he, he's a, a complete Boston homer. And I'm not sure that, that based on the footage that they show in this movie, that Vince Papali 
was as mild-mannered and timid as Mark portrayed him on screen. Right. right. I mean, the footage that they show, I mean, the real uh, Vince looks more like Jimmy Valvano than he does you know, Mark <laughs> Wahlberg. Right? Yeah. So yeah. this is the same so this is the same year he Mark did this movie the same year that the departed came out. Right. And I'm sure you'll agree with me that those two movies are as diverse as night and day. Mm-hmm. And his acting in those in the two movies are as different as night and day. And so I, I just I go back and forth. I think, man, Boogie Nights, right? right. <laughs> Ted. The fighter, right? And I'm just about the time I'm feeling really good about things, then it's Daddy's Home. What's wrong with Daddy's Home? The big hit. Uh, big hit, the, no. The other guys. What's wrong with that? <laughs> the other guy's awesome. <laughs> the Rock and Samuel L. Come on now. Yeah. And, and, Gre- <laughs> and, and Greg Kinnear just I like Greg. Did, did not have enough tears in this movie. Correct. That's what, Correct. That was my, you know, I, I have great respect for Dick Vermeule as a football coach and as a human being. And whatever version of this story may be true, him giving Papali a chance, that, that's a cool story. Yeah, but, yeah but absolutely. He, he, Greg Kinnear didn't cry enough in this movie. <laughs> but the movie was un, unbelievably Disney. Or I should say, believably biz, Disney. I, I, there was things in here that I didn't understand as well. Like, what was up with Dove Davidoff? I mean, that guy that played him, I, I didn't, or you know, he played in, uh, the character. Um, what was up with him? Like, you're just going to become one of us. You're just going to be back here and be one of us. He was like a to- played Johnny. He was like a total dick to his friend. This guy's yeah. supposed to be his buddy, and he's getting this shot. Now, I can understand you acting that way if Vince Papali's walking around the bar you know, like, you know, a rooster or a, a peacock. And he's right. like, Oh, I'm getting a tryout and fuck you guys. Excuse me. Screw you guys. Um, and, and I could be like, dude, shut up, dude. You're just one of us. I could see that. But, but Vince didn't play or Mark didn't play him that way. He played very quiet and passive. And, and so why was Dove Davidoff all over freaking Vince Papali? It didn't make sense. You know? And, and it's like, these are the same people that boo Santa Claus. You know, we were talking about this earlier, and I went searching for that. There's stories on it, but there's no audio on it. Can you believe that? Interesting. I want that audio. I want that audio. Um, and as far as Vince or, or Dick Vermeil is concerned, you're right. That Greg didn't have enough tears in it. Maybe it's because he was still young at the time in this movie. But, um, you know, Dick, from, from his time with the Rams, and, and where else did he go after the Rams? Or did he retire as a Ram? Did he? I thought. Oh, he was at the Chiefs. The Chiefs. That guy cried on every interview. <laughs> so, um, I will say, though, I loved his pants. And uh, <laughs> I, w- oh, I want and, those. And, sh- and, shout- and shout out to the, to the wardrobe yes. uh, director in, uh, in We Are Marshall. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm sorry I didn't mention that. Because um, there, there, there were plenty of checkered slacks. Um, without belts in that movie too. Um, I'm looking right here. There's Greg and you're sitting on pictures of him. He's sitting there talking to the director. He's sitting on a couch and he's got these gray white plaid pants on. He's got a, a teal, 
shirt with white stripes. And I'm just thinking to myself, man, I miss the 70s. <laughs> Don't I we could, all? Well, because you could just get up and put whatever you wanted on, and it was fashionable. It didn't have to match. It didn't have to. You, you, know? could, wear, you could wear stripes with checks. But for, for this movie, um, again, and again, I, I, the, the high knee socks with the, the really tight shorts and your, your shirt tucked into it. Um, and a, <laughs> those and are a the nice, a big, wide, white patent leather belt to hold oh, up yeah. those shorts. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I would have been a great coach in the 70s. God, I would have loved it. I would have the belly up over the belt. Uh, <laughs> I would just, I'm wondering, like, I like look at guys like this in this movie, and I can't look at our current coaching now, and I keep to myself, I wonder what, what who's the coach over at uh, Kansas City now, Andy? Not Andy. Andy Reid. Andy Reid. If he dressed this way back when he first came out. Oh. Wow. <laughs> um, for, for me, The Invincible is a fun movie to watch. It's got some good motivational things in it. Like you said, it didn't stray too far away from the truth, except for the fact that, Vince Papali's like six foot two and Mark Wahlberg's like four nine. Right. So, um, and don't tell Mark I said that because, you know, if you ever saw his biceps, he beat the living crap out of me. Or his um, criminal record. <laughs> which he's, he just needs to talk to Trump. He'll get that washed away. <laughs> He'll get his pardon. Um, anyways, uh, I enjoyed it enough to watch it. And I, and I, I liked the fact again I know that you had to make a movie um, that I, I, I can understand it. You know, it's not like it was a huge event back in those days for this guy to be a bartender, to go out. He played four years. He was a special teamer. It's not like he was a quarterback, no disrespect, not, you know, I, I, take, I made, but that's why this movie had to add stuff to it to make it more entertaining. Very Disney, like you said, um, as opposed to we are Marshall was a, a, a very dramatic event that happened right. in 1970 and should have stuck closer to the truth. So this one here, um, I get why they did that. I, I'm not sure I could have taken Mark Wahlberg in this role. I think th there could have been some other options, um, but I don't think he did it overly bad. Um, I, I, I think that he was middle of the road. Um, so, but again, we'd have to look and see who else was up for that role and, whether or not it could have been a better movie. But uh, for me, it's it's middle of the road for me, very similar to We Are Marshall. And and I'm going to just go with, with two and a half uh, popcorns. And and it just makes me want to go and watch football. That's all. <laughs> Which we're going to have the opportunity to do uh, right. as time marches on. This movie got three red vines for me. Um, and the vines go to uh, the soundtrack any soundtrack that had fooled around and fell in love in it by Stephen Bishop gets a red vine. The fact that they had, they made the movie feel like you were in Philadelphia was, it really had an impact on me. Mm. It really, it really did because I'm so fond of Rocky, you know, that right. first Rocky and, and how that neighborhood is portrayed. And I'll, I'll give a, a third red vine to be shared between Mark and Greg in, in those two key roles. I, I don't know that they, you know, they kicked three points uh, individually, but together, I think they did a, a good job uh, showing the relationship between the coach and the player. 
um, in an otherwise feel-good story. So that's why I ended up giving it three red vines. And you left out Elizabeth Banks. <sighs> oh, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Which you, Ad, Adrian, Adrian Barbeau didn't have anything to worry about. No, no. Speaking of that, no. <laughs> um, no, I, I love Elizabeth Banks. I think she's, she's a, a wonderful actress. Um, it just, it's, it's hard for me to find a woman uh, that attractive and still be attractive when you're a big, when you're a New York Giants fan. <laughs> or playing a New York Giants fan. So anyways, Rod, do you want to share with our, our fans the good news? Well, is that good news about what we're watching next week? Yeah, we could be. I thought we were going to go the other route, but that's fine. Let's talk about what we're going to do next week, and then we'll talk about where our fans can listen to it next week. So as we've been able to see football being played in a football stadium. Baseball. The professionals. Baseball playoffs are going on. Stanley Cup playoffs are going on. College football continues to have their various divisions uh, announced games. The Pac-12 announced yesterday they're going back. Mountain West announced last night they're going back. Things are starting to open. And how does that impact Monty and I? Well, neither one of us has been in a movie theater in probably about nine months. Not a real theater, no. And well, we're not talking about the Crawford family movie theater. Uh, the, the good old drive-in at Storm Stadium. <laughs> well, there's, there's plenty to be said about our experiences there because that was certainly fun. But being able to sit in a nice, comfortable chair and see an actual big screen has finally started occurring again. And there's been a backlog of movies that were on hold from being released until we got to a point where we could open the theater. So right. Monty and I are going to go out and see three actual first run just released in the theater, real popped popcorn, snuck mm -hmm. in Red Vines movies over the course of the next few days before we podcast next week. And we will let you know, based on watching these movies, whether you should go spend the 10 to $15 per ticket uh, to see them. So make sure that you listen to us, uh, listen to our reviews, take them to heart, and figure out if you want to spend that kind of money. But, Rod, where we, can they listen to it? Where can they listen to us at? Well, the movies that we're going to see that are being that have already been released or are shortly going to be released, I have picked – the incoming movie called Tulsa. Tulsa. Um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma is, it, is okay. It's okay. Um, I am picking the Richard Jenkins uh, film, The Last Shift. So I'm excited to see that. I think it's going to be a real quick movie that has basically down to about four characters in the movie. And it looks like uh, based on the trailer, it's going to be pretty good. And we both agreed and we both wanted to see the movie Tenant, which was getting a lot of uh, commercial time on television a couple right. of weeks ago, even before the theaters were starting to roll out. So are you going to try to watch all three of these in one day, or are you going to break it up? I'll, I'll break it up. I'll break it up. Well, gets me out of the house for a couple of days, and I'm excited. I'm excited about watching. I'm so excited about what's going on. I keep trying to jump ahead, so I'm sorry about that. I'm I'm very I'm very excited about movies being open. I'm very excited that my 18 year old daughter, who works for a movie theater, actually has gotten hours. 
Yay. Um, at the movie theater, which means that dad may be able to get a discounted ticket here or there. Oh, I'll have to drive up there. Yeah, you should. Please just open, the, just open the back door and I'll sneak in with my popcorn. Yeah. Well, we we smuggle we smuggle our movie candy in. I, I don't make any apologies about it either. Did you, I do, did you, I do you, buy popcorn at the theater, though. There was Who was it that had that? Oh, God, it was a skit movie. I think it was with Robert Townsend and his partners in crime he did it it was called robert townsend and his partners in crime and they did like stand-up comedy but in between the acts they did um these little skits that like a mad tv type thing and our snl and it was a movie and they had one called sneaking in the movies and it was about two guys that would sneak <laughs> in and do reviews and so maybe that's what we should turn our podcast in from two real reviewers to two guys sneaking in the movie <laughs> So there's a shameless plug for Robert Townsend, which we haven't heard from in years, but uh, and that's unfortunate because Hollywood Shuffle is uh, right up Hollywood there. Shuffle. Hollywood Shuffle? It. Maybe that's the one that had it. I don't know. He done some good things. I I, I enjoyed it. So three new movies next week, okay. and we are very excited to announce that you will have yet one more platform to enjoy this podcast. Hoping you're enjoying the podcast. As we branch out a little bit, uh, many of you have uh, have have followed us and use a, a podcast vehicle of your choice, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google mm -hmm. or Audible, which is where we we upload the podcast. But we have entered into an agreement with a uh, Southern California radio station who has a podcasters page, and we're. Delighted to announce that beginning October the 1st, we will be one of the featured podcasts on KMET AM 1490 radio yep. in Redland, San Bernardino. Yeah, they stretch all the way out through most of Riverside County. So it's another way to uh, get us out there on another platform. Um, we'll be doing this for the next 16 weeks. Uh, with opportunities to at some point maybe go live so we are looking really hard in that so keep listening to us keep clicking on the icon on KMET radio uh, we will be supplying with uh, new advertiser advertise, advertisements uh, as they come out um, we'll be announcing that as well so very excited time for for two real reviewers it is going to be fantastic and that's not going to that's not going to take away from however you've been enjoying your podcasts up till now uh, you still you'll still have uh, you'll be able to get them there we just wanted to give one more option uh to listeners in case uh they were already uh fans and followers of KMET which is a great news and talk station out there in the yes. IE yep and that'll be that'll be at this time next week so you're going to get a fairly consistent launch of the podcast on a weekly basis, and it should be up and on the KMET website by Fridays. And of course, follow all of our social media um, outlets, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and we'll add the KMET website to those yes. as well. And along with that, we're actually we launching our own website, uh, tworealreviewers.com. Two um, Rod and I are currently in the process of having that made. Um, thank you to uh, Liv and, and Fish for the artwork um, that we've been able to post lately. We'll be putting those on as our head parts of our uh, pages along with our 
our current uh, supporters and uh, advertisers that will be able to be linked to them as well. So that'll be next week. In the yep. meantime, enjoy these three movies that we've given to you today. Catch some football this weekend. And the next time that we join you, we'll have three brand spanking new movies to talk to you about. Excellent. So looking forward to it. Until next week, we are two real reviewers. You'll hear us next week.